Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. This is the Adweek Podcast, where we talk about marketing, media, technology, pop culture, advertising. Because in the end, everything's an ad. I'm David Greiner. I'm the creative and innovation editor with Adweek. Uh, with me back again is Doug Zanger, senior editor on the creativity and agency beats. Doug, welcome back. Good to be back. And more importantly, no offense to Doug, so excited to have back Diana McDougal, art director for Adweek. Uh, Diana, it's been a while. So glad to have you back on the show. It has. I think the last time I was here was on the last Super Bowl episode. Oh, we're making it a tradition because mm-hmm. this is Super Bowl Day, Super Bowl Preview Day. We'll probably do another <laughs> another podcast after the Super Bowl rounding up. There's going to be quite a few uh, spots that debut during the game. Uh, we've seen some of them but can't talk about them. Some of them we haven't seen at all and, and probably won't see until everybody else does. Uh, so we will definitely have an episode rounding everything up after the game. But for now, we want to talk about the ones we've seen, the ones we can talk about, the ones that have been teased. Uh, and uh, and Doug's going to talk about his cover story in this week's print issue about uh, the NFL spot uh, that's going to be pretty epic uh, in there and kind of how the NFL's approach to advertising within its own uh, Super Bowl, uh, how that's changed in recent years and how they've taken advantage of those kind of I guess house ad types type spots, uh, but uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's dive on in. All right. So first off, quick plug: uh, if you're running behind on uh, coverage of the Super Bowl of what's going to be in there, we've got our Super Bowl ad tracker uh, that we run every year. Really easy way uh, to kind of stay on top of. It's sorted by most recent news. Uh, so I recommend just kind of bookmarking that, having it handy. I'm not just plugging it because it's ad weekend because it's awesome, uh, but it, I literally do check it now every day because even working here, I can't keep keep up with it at this point. It's just so fast and furious. But uh, but yeah, we'll go ahead and recap uh, the you know some of the biggest ones uh, that uh, d- today as we record this we record this on Monday we delayed our podcast a few days uh, to because we knew that a bunch of stuff was going to break uh, today and we could finally talk about it uh, so let's talk about some of those uh, Diana why don't you open us up on uh, have you seen any that you legitimately like or that you're legitimately excited about Ooh, uh, full ads I've that I've seen already. Yeah, or just teasers that you've seen that you're like, oh, that one could be great. There's a teaser for Burger King, and I want to know everything about what they're doing. It's uh, it's just the king arranging a microphone in front of a table, and then they have this retro logo at the end and the date of the Super Bowl. 
So the less information that I get, I want more. I want to know everything that they're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's in this like interrogation room. The king is uh, like looking thing. You know, it's very minimalist. Uh, the king, I think at one point, like puts his feet up on the table. He like drums his fingers. He sets up a can light. Uh, you know, maybe that's why I think of interrogation room. I don't know. It's like there's just this weird minimalist vibe. Uh, you know, that is, believe it or not, one of three uh, ads from David Miami uh, in this year's Super Bowl. And th- this happens every few years. You end up with one agency that's not necessarily gigantic, but that just has a disproportionate number of ads in the Super Bowl this year. It's definitely David Miami. Uh, I'm going to be talking to them for an article coming out very soon, so uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's not a huge shop, uh, and they've, they're going to have three national spots uh, in, in this year's uh, Super Bowl, uh, one for Budweiser, uh, one for Burger King, uh, and one for Devour, uh, the frozen food brand uh, that was kind of a joke about food porn. Uh, so yeah, three, three shots. It reminds me of the year that, uh, Barton F. Graff, uh, again, not a very large agency. It was one year, I want to say like 2015, uh, they did two national spots and a huge regional spot, uh, in the Super Bowl, And it's just amazing, uh, that one agency can ever put out that much content. Uh, but yeah, Burger King, they're being super cryptic about it. It's apparently not going to air until, uh, you know, until the game itself, but that's a that's a brand people are legitimately excited about because they're they're really at a you know a peak of their uh yeah you know we've talked about them quite a bit on the podcast but Burger King's reputation as an advertiser has risen in the early two thousands and fallen since then and then risen again and now they're really at this kind of creative peak uh, and I think a lot of folks are very excited this is the first uh, Super Bowl ad they've done in what Doug like thirteen years something like that. It is not, yeah, it's it's over a decade. Yeah, it's been a while. But you're saying Burger King hasn't been in in a decade? Yeah, in the Super Bowl. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Who knew, right? They, they're, they're everywhere, but that's one place where they haven't been everywhere. The one ad that I saw a teaser for that I was so excited for was Pepsi, especially knowing that they're taking over Atlanta and Atlanta is the home of Coca-Cola. And the Pepsi Super Bowl teasers had Cardi B, Lil Jon, Steve Carell. And uh, it debuted today, and I, I'm not, I'm, I wasn't feeling it that much. What do y'all think? Well, Di- I should, I should first clarify, Diana, you're a fellow Southerner like myself, mm-hmm. right? Go Vols. Yeah, and and so you know the, it, what's funny is we were already joking when, to your point, uh, Pepsi. Uh, took over a lot of outdoor advertising space in in Atlanta, which is very much Coke country. It's been their home for over uh, like 135 years or something like that. Um, And their ads, the outdoor ads were things like, you know, uh, Pepsi in Atlanta, how refreshing, or, you know, look, look who's in town. And so literally the lead on our story about that, uh, that I wrote up the other day was, was I said, like, there is nothing more, de- you know, polarizing in the South than asking, is Pepsi okay? <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and it was just because like, that's, that's such a recurring joke here. Like if you go and you ask for a Coke and, and the waitress, waiter or waitress says, like, is Pepsi okay? Everyone just looks at like, Good God, no. <laughs> so the the setup for this one is that uh, is that exact scenario. Waiter know? asks, uh, is Pepsi okay? And then instead of doing the, the, the normal Southern human thing, which is just to, to look disgusted, you know, she, like Steve Carell turns around from the next booth over and says, well, let's just, let's go and listen to it. It's already out. Let's, let's listen to it in all of its dialogue driven glory. Here you go. I'll take a Coke. Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? 
Is Pepsi okay? Ow! Our puppy's okay. He's a shooting star, okay? Is the laughter of a small child okay? Um, Are you with me? You seem confused. Let's role play. Now. Uh, okay, I'm Steve. I'm an actor. No, no, and... no. Just order something. Uh, I'll have... You will have a nice cold glass of the best thing you ever tasted. Okay? Okay. I think you might be just saying it wrong. You gotta say it with pride, okay? Okay. Oh, yeah, kind of. Pepsi's more than okay. It's okay. okay. So in case you did not catch those audio catchphrases, we've got um, Lil John saying, uh, okay, one of his three, I feel like, catchphrases. You've got what? Okay, and yeah. Um, and then uh, and then Cardi B making her a little trilling noise, which I did not realize until this uh, ad, was is, an, is okay. Is okay. Like, it's her saying. Oh, oh, yeah. It's her saying, like, do occur? Like, I, yeah, just never occurred to me. I just thought it was kind of a trilling noise. Uh, so that's the joke, um, that it's uh, it's two famous people. Saying and the like, word, we, okay. <laughs> and it's like... I just, <laughs> I know the point is supposed to be that it's more than okay, uh, but I love the idea that like, we're just leaning into like, yes, it's okay. <laughs> that's right. that's the sales pitch. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like Diet Coke last year. Their uh, their tagline, because I can. They're like, yeah, Diet Coke's <laughs> terrible for you, but you drink it because you like it and you can. It's physically possible to yep. drink. <laughs> right. And Pepsi is Stating some yeah, facts. Pepsi, Pepsi's yes. okay. If you don't have I, I love I love like there was this joke in advertising over the last year of how many slogans I think it was because one and it's probably not a big company, but but one tagline was going around that was like feel the feeling. Oh, oh, oh. What was that for? You're right. Right. And people, everyone was making fun of it. They're like, taste the taste. See the drink. Um, and there's something like like when those are self-referential with it or or when they're you're kind of making fun of yourself i guess it works uh, to a certain level but yeah soft drink taglines have gotten so um just so lame like uh i want to say is pepsi just rolled out a new global tagline pepsi's new slogan is for the love of it Uh, and it replaced "live for now." Wow, cool! For I the mean, love just of, for the love of what, though? <laughs> it. I mean, it. For, well, okay. and that was their it? their argument. Um, you know, when they rolled this out, was uh, that it's it's about loving life. It's about loving what you're passionate about, and you know, loving Pepsi, I guess. Um, but but you know, for me as an old, uh, like you know, as a child of the '80s, uh, it like. Diet Coke still owns kind of that real estate in my mind of uh, just for the taste of it uh, was their slogan, you know, back in the, what, 80s, 90s. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, th- th- these slogans have just gotten so generic if, if they ever weren't. But, uh, yeah, so Pepsi, uh, I think I, I, we were talking before this that the spot just feels unfinished. Mm-hmm. Is that is that a fair word? feels like it's... Mm-hmm. it's starting to go somewhere epic that you would expect of a marketer like Pepsi. Like okay, okay, cool. We got we got Steve Carell, we got Lil John, we got Cardi B. There, there's no crescendo. Just, yeah, it's and like it's they each like, have their own little part, and then the ad is over. There's no coming together, no grand finale of 
people saying okay. Yeah, and, and Steve Carell does his little like attempt at the Cardi B noise. That was adorable. Um, yeah, and it's just, and then it's over. And I don't know. I, I, <laughs> and I, scene. <laughs> I feel like like the Amazon ad last year with Cardi B, it just kept going. You know, it was 90 seconds, uh, which of course is a different different ball game there. But it just kept going and it kept building and you got more Cardi B and and you get, you know, it's just like, and then you get Anthony Hopkins and like, it just, it felt like it built to something. Mm-hmm. And this one, this one kind of crests early to your point. Uh, but so yeah, the, there's Pepsi. I don't mean to belabor us. Uh, picking on It's not a bad ad. It's just, we no. were, I think, pretty stoked. I love a good little John collab. Love uh, Cardi B and just about anything. Uh, so... Yeah, you know, I maybe hope for a little more. Let's talk about another one. Uh, Zanger, what's another spot you've either watched or seen teased? Uh, the the um, Jason Bateman one, which is actually going to be uh, launching tomorrow. Since this is Monday, I can't really say much about it, but uh, it's it's actually quite funny and it leans very much into Jason Bateman's uh, form of humor so it, it definitely has a dryness to it and it's it's a it's a nice ad it's it's one I think that's gonna that people are gonna respond to um, really well um, and then the uh, God, what, what other teasers are out there there's so many to choose from my goodness um, what was what were some of the other teasers that we've seen oh Amazon I am intrigued. Ooh. I am very intrigued by what Amazon is going to do with this. Yeah, so, so remind, remind us what they – they rolled out a teaser over the weekend um, mm-hmm. with, with Harrison Ford. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was, I was too tied up this weekend. What, what's in the teaser? So the teasers include the stars of Broad City, Harrison Ford, Forrest Whitaker – and uh, a couple of astronauts, um, Mark and Scott Kelly. So the whole idea is that they're opening these padded uh, briefcases and there's some sort of beta test that's going on. So it's very short, clearly it's a a teaser, ergo it's short, Um, but they open this briefcase and then they each have different reactions. And, you know, Harrison Ford looks completely put off uh, Force Whitaker is interested. The the Broad City uh, stars. Uh, <laughs> there there's some foul language that is uh, cut out at at the very end. Um, but but I am intrigued. I, I you know this is this is how a teaser can work really well. Where you know here here you go. This is something that we that we want you to take a look at, and you should be anticipating this. Very similar to the teaser for <clears throat> the NFL ad, which we'll talk about a little later. But I'm looking forward to it. Do we know if this one is Lucky Generals again uh, that did the 92nd that we were just talking about from Amazon last year? Yeah, it, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't say in here whether or not it's Lucky Generals. So I, I will I'll go ahead and be bold and assume that yeah, probably, maybe, possibly. Oh, if it is, I'm even more excited to see it. No, I, and, and again, I think that this is. I love the idea of teasers. I think what frustrates me sometimes with Super Bowl ads, I, I just I'm not a fan of them being released early. And really, oh no, I, I'm not a fan of that at all because I think it takes away from some of the um, anticipation. I think one of the great things about Super Bowl advertising is that anticipatory vibe to it. I think that over the years we would look, we would really look forward to these ads, and I think it takes away some of the cachet of Super Bowl advertising. I, I just, I'm just not a fan of it, and. 
you know, it, it really all started in what was that, 2011 with The Force with VW. And I actually have a story about that uh, when, we, when we talk so about it. Yeah, it's a great ad. There's actually an interesting story, backstory about it that I didn't realize until I talked to Tim Ellis, the CMO of the NFL. But I, I think teasers are great. I really do. And I, and I would just hope that brands take a look at this in the future and think, you know, do we really need to get this many eyeballs in it in advance? Because I just I feel like it just takes something away from it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I you know it's hard to separate myself as an advertising journalist from myself as a Super Bowl watcher and just ad lover um, because you know Diana and I live by these things coming out early enough for us to prepare them uh, for totally. the Super Bowl, uh, our real time reviews and all that. Uh, but on the other hand, yeah, like a nice surprise is uh, is fantastic. And uh, last year. I don't know if we were surprised by anything, but certainly the public was. We were tipped off about things like uh, the Tide ad. You know, it's a Tide right. ad uh, and a few others. So we knew those things were coming. Uh, but there's always, eh, you know, there's something generally pretty nice. And, and again, I'll put in a little plug that we do have real-time reviews and commentary and a bunch of other things happening on Twitter uh, and on our social channels. Uh, we have a real-time war room of uh just about every ad week staffer uh, covering covering the Super Bowl in real time. So uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye on on what we're doing and kind of join your fellow ad nerds uh, as we dig into that on the day of the game. Uh, and also check also check out our Instagram. We're going to be doing some Instagram stories live with uh, some interactive reviews from our viewers. So I can't wait to see what everyone else thinks about the ads. Instead of just what we think. Yeah, and I should. It's a good time to mention that our Instagram is just kicking ass lately. Uh, you know, thanks to Diana, thanks to Kamiko McCoy, our, our social editor. Uh, you guys just doing awesome. I love it. Every time I see the ad week, uh, you know, pop up in my stories, I'm just like, hell yeah. Let's see some good stuff. Whereas it used, to, you know, it's like there was a time when, kind of like everybody, we were just starting to figure it out. But I mean, now it's 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 really good stuff. So congrats, Diana. That's great to hear. It's funny when I uh, if if Kamiko posts something instead of myself, and I'll be on my personal Instagram, and I'll see something that I knew was coming on Ad Weeks, but I'll still like chuckle and double tap. <laughs> like, oh, I forgot about that. That's so good. <laughs> Let's talk about a few others that just broke. I want to talk about my personal favorite so far. Favorite, partly because I think it's cool, partly because I think it's really going to be polarizing, is uh, Zoe Kravitz. for oh. Ma- oh. Okay, please, please remain oh. silent. Until Girl, I've, please, uh, please continue. Please continue. <laughs> until I've until I've expressed Awful. our official opinion on this ad. Okay, please, <laughs> and then, please. Then the rabble, mm-hmm. then the rabble can weigh in. Please continue. Uh, Okay, so this is for Michelob Ultra as a brand has, I believe, two ads in the Super Bowl. One for uh, typical, I almost said vanilla. It's not, not vanilla Michelob <laughs> Ultra, although that would be something. Uh, no, just regular vanilla Michelob Ultra. Uh, but then there's also a spot for uh, Michelob Ultra Pure Gold, which is their organic beer. And this ad is, uh, well... Okay, I'll set it up, and then we can listen to it again. So this is Zoe Kravitz uh, doing ASMR, because it's it's high-time ASMR. <laughs> the trend of marketers using ASMR finally oh makes it into, um, into the Super Bowl, where it officially will jump right over the shark and can never be used again. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure most of you are probably familiar with ASMR. Of course, it's just the use of soft, gentle sounds, lots of this kind of thing. That's me scratching my mic. I don't know if that's how they really do it. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's an ASMR with the 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 weird noises uh, and whispering and all that. Uh, they're, they, you know, let's will it work in the Super Bowl? I, 
who doubtful. Um, I think this is going to be one of those ads that really gets people. <laughs> well, to the Very. to the to the point of the noises YouTube made when this came up. Uh, but let's uh, let's uh, let's listen to it. Uh, it's definitely a podcast friendly ad. <laughs> let's listen to Zoe Kravitz talking, whispering, and uh, scratching beer bottles once again. Okay, so I I love this just because visually it's very lush. She's sitting in front of I don't know, looks like the set of Lost, so it's probably in Hawaii, I like some kind of tropical paradise. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's visually arresting. I think in the Super Bowl, it's really going to stick out. Uh, I don't think people are going to get it. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess like 95 percent of Americans don't know what ASMR is or that it's a trend or understand why she's scratching a beer bottle. <laughs> right. I can say this. I have never muted an ad more quickly than I have this ASMR ad as soon as I realized that serious? that's what was happening. I couldn't stand it. No. Wow. Oh, Wait, Lord. really? Yeah, and I... then it went on for another another 30 seconds of opening the bottle and I don't, the ASMR makes the opposite effect on me. It's creepy. Get out of my head, these HD sounds. It's too much. Turn this podcast off too. This is too much for you, <laughs> listener. <laughs> She's like, I just need to go listen to a bulldozer drive down the street back and forth. Well, I just need you, some noise. Yeah, if you listen to the audio, too, there are a couple places where it, it's like, okay, you didn't really clean up the audio there, and it's a little clunky. And if that's the point, then good on you. Good job. But I don't know. It that's is, the sort of authenticity we've been demanding. <laughs> right. He's popping and just, yeah, just really muddy audio. Yeah. My, my only beef with the ad, honestly, is that th- her opening line is really hard to understand. Um, and, right. and I think in the, in, the, in the atmosphere of a Super Bowl party, no one's going to catch it. Nope. And, and maybe that'll make people rewind it, but I don't think so. I think it's just going to be she kind of leans in and really rushes the line. Uh, she jumps from one mic to another. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a very cool, I like to me, to me, it's a cool concept. I think it's going to cut through. I just don't think anyone's going to get it. I think it's going to be one of those where everyone just sits there silently. And then at the end is like, okay. What the hell was that? And then it really. I think people are going to talk over it about 15 seconds in. Is this it? Maybe. Uh, Okay. And, you know, and see, see what ad comes after it too. It's going (laughs) to, it's going to be pretty funny. Right. Uh, Okay, so yeah, uh, that one's going to be a talker, I think. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, let's talk about Stella Artois. Speaking of, uh, they've they've kind of been all over the place with their ad. I want to say, was it last year they had um, Matt Damon trying to sell you a chalice? Maybe that was two years oh, ago. Oh, for water, uh, yes. Over the water thing, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. like that program a lot, yeah. 
yeah, no, it's cool, but it's a it's not a good use of uh, of mother their agency. Um, you know, they have one of the hottest agencies in the world, uh, and then it was just kind of like Matt Damon saying, you know, support clean water. Uh, yeah, that's cool, <laughs> but just felt like it. so. Th- this year there were a few teasers that finally all came came to light today. Uh, but uh, it's going to star. It's going to be very '90s throwback. We've got Carrie Bradshaw uh, of Sex and City fame, uh, the the character, of course, uh, right. and uh, and then the dude uh, from The Big Lebowski. Uh, so you know, this is, seems like it's going to be. It's one of several uh, '90s reference kind of ads. My beef with this kind of ad is usually just that the reference is the entire thing. Yep. Is this like, like, look, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker is Carrie Bradshaw again. And look, you know, Jeff Bridges is the dude. And they're not drinking a white Russian in a cosmopolitan. Oh, it's a Stella. How amazing. But I will say that the, com- <laughs> the comedic timing is really wonderful. The way they use the score from the, uh, the music from each show. Uh, and then of course, some great Pratt falls, just easy, easy humor. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's listen to the uh, setup of that going into the Jeff Bridges scene. Wild night, huh? Why Russian? No, Gary. Give me a Stella Artos. <laughs> Excuse me. Good choice. Well, changing could do a little good. <laughs> do the bides. <laughs> So, yeah, I I mean, it's, again, I guess my criticism of this one is the same as Pepsi. It's a great setup that doesn't really go anywhere. Like, it just kind of ends with them looking at each other and being like, yep, Stella Artois. It's good good beer. Is my car ready? Enemy? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I... It's, a super, it's like, a super Bowl formula. It's just your typical mm-hmm. super formula, formulaic. It's like, let's let's get a premise. The premise is the 90s. Who do we get? Let's get a celebrity or two. Let's do this. Let's do this. And it seems very formulaic to me. I mean, it's pleasant. I enjoyed it. It's nostalgic, but it's not as sticky as it could be. Yeah. I mean, I think the excitement is just that they're in it, right? Yeah. That that's like ninety percent of it. To see everyone wanted to see Jeff Bridges go back to this role. Uh, Jeff Bridges is one of those actors who just gets better every year. Older he is, um, you know. I just watched uh, what's it called? Bad Times at the uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. Um, it's uh, and he's great. He's the best part of that movie. Uh, and you know, he's just one of those like you would think that he would just be phoning it in by now. But I earnestly enjoy him more and more each year. Uh, as he just gets like he's aging well into that role, uh, and uh, you know, but so so the dude at this age is honestly even more of that character. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like uh-huh. <laughs> he was a a younger man in an older soul, you know, or whatever in the last one. But um, uh, let let's talk Pringles because I'm curious whether did you guys watch the Pringles one? Yep. Yep. Uh, last year to me it was like the biggest just turd. Mm-hmm. Like I it was. Um, Bill Hader, who is fine, doesn't excite me the way I remember I got yelled at on last year's podcast. Um, but because uh, I, I I like his movies, I'm just I don't sit around being like, yeah, Bill Hader, how exciting! Like <laughs> he's he's good, he's solid. Um, but then the ad was just like this nonsensical set of I, they were recording a movie or something, and then they're just talking about stacking Pringles off on the craft services table off to the side of the set, and that was it. That was the whole ad. Mm. Um, 
And it just didn't go anywhere yet again. And it didn't, I don't know, felt like a waste. This year, it's a little more of an ad-ad. It feels a little more kind of in the BBDO uh, formula. Um, although I, I don't actually know who makes this one. But it's, you know, two kind of losery dudes hanging out in an apartment, eating a bunch of Pringles. And their, elect, their Alexa-type device uh, starts engaging with them. Let's listen to that one because I actually, I, I do like the Alexa device, but anyway, my Alexa just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, what, what are you talking about me? I'm stacking cheddar, jalapeno, and sour cream and onion. The spicy nacho stack. How many Pringles flavor stack combinations are there? 318,000. Sadly, I'll never know the joy of tasting any for I have no hands to stack with. No mouth to taste with, no soul to feel with. I am at the mercy of a cruel and uncaring. Cool, play Funky Town. There's a Pringle stack for everyone, sort of. So, the I love like, like I have to admit, like I did, I didn't want to laugh at this ad, but the whole like cutting her off from her just dread moment of like sorrowful self reflection. And then to just make her play Funky Town, <laughs> like it worked. It worked on me. So, if nothing else, Pringles has upgraded uh, from last year. Like where I just stared blankly at it, and this time I legitimately uh, laughed at that punchline. Yeah, I thought. It, it, I think that's a category that you can have some fun with. I mean, we've seen it with Doritos over the years. I I just feel like that's that's a product that's tailor made for, you know, fun stuff like that. It's it's a little bit easier, I think, to to pull something like that off. And I agree. I, it was it was cute. It was clever. I, I like the choice of song though. <laughs> I like that they went with Funky Town. I'd be interested to <laughs> know what other songs they might have considered. <laughs> yeah, like I also love that they don't address why these two dudes have like thirty cans of Pringles on their coffee table. They're just the flavor stack. That's the <laughs> They're flavor only thing that down. they have in that whole house is the Alexa type device and a f- whole bunch of. Pringles cans. Well, do you remember that story going viral a few weeks ago of the woman like walking around a Walmart drinking wine out of a Pringles can? No, send that to me. Wait, what? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's this woman like, and every, it was it was one of those where like normally those kinds of stories are just like, oh man, look at this sad, pathetic person doing doing weird stuff in a Walmart. But instead, everyone was like, <laughs> everyone really took her side. Like, wait, where like, where did this happen? Oh, you know, I don't, I don't remember, but, uh, but, but my favorite tweet about it was somewhere like, if Pringles doesn't want people drinking wine out of their cans, they shouldn't make them the perfect size. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. I love it when memes and just small internet things take off more than maybe a Super Bowl ad that people are probably, probably going to remember the woman drinking wine out of a Pringles can more than they will well, the two dudes talking to Alexa. That yeah, could be a, br- love- a brand extension. That, that, that's, that's just, you know, that's a market opportunity right there they need to tap. Let's call somebody. Yeah, I feel I, internet folk heroes are some of my favorites, the ones where someone's arrested for doing something, and then usually their mugshot is them just like smirking because <laughs> it's like whatever they're arrested for was something that no one in the world is going to be mad at them for. It's just like everyone's just like, yeah, my hero. <laughs> usually... The internet is just awful, but so it's nice when a few of those. Um, You know, the only ones I feel we still need to mention, uh, Olay has its first Super Bowl ad ever. It stars Sarah Michelle Gellar, um, who obviously between Buffy and I totally forgot until this ad that she is the opening scene of Scream 2. 
Right. Uh, hmm. You know, each scream kind of starts with a, a bit of a head fake of like a big celebrity, Drew Barrymore in the first one, and then uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar in the second one getting killed. Uh, so she's not in there long, but she is definitely the opening scene of that. She was in uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, so she's got big horror slash spooky chops, and she is in a horror movie uh, type ad. Uh, with their, which is a, an interesting gambit anyway when you've got a lot of kids watching. And you know what I mean? It's like it's always a little risky to take that kind of approach. Uh, but uh, but the, it's called Killer Skin. So I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that no one gets butchered with a knife and that instead it's about face cream. Yeah. Safe bet. I don't know. I've got, I got to be the contrarian in this case. Maybe not. Maybe they'll really <laughs> surprise us. It's just going to be like a visceral bloodbath. <laughs> like I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't have a view on this one. I'm, I'm just like it's a wait. It's a wait and see. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, but we'll see. When we, we talk about see. like with the ads that could be, I always think back to the movie Boomerang when like there's some scene where uh, Grace Jones is like the what is it, do do you remember this movie Doug you're old enough oh god um, vaguely i haven't watched it but in ages it's one of the few like really great advertising movies but uh grace jones is this uh freaky i mean kind of real life to herself kind of character but there's a scene where the the ad execs just kind of give up and give her full creative control over the ad she's in and it ends up with this dark nightmare ad where she's giving birth to a bottle of perfume and screaming the whole time and i'm just like i just want one super bowl ad like that where the brand just completely unleashes and just says like just make something we don't care anymore (laughs) so yeah visceral bloodbath Olay ad I'll hold out hope right down to the last second that that's where it's going. Can't wait. All right. Well, there are several more. Check out uh, Adweek uh, and our Super Bowl ad tracker. But let's uh, let's take a little break, and then we're going to come back and talk about our cover story about the NFL and what it's got cooking uh, and all the many different NFL celebrities and players that are going to be in their ad this year and what Doug learned going behind the scenes. Uh, We'll be right back. All right, Doug. Uh, tell us about uh, the, what the NFL is running this year in terms of an ad. Yeah, they're going to be debuting it at uh, on the uh, on the Super Bowl during the Super Bowl rather. And um, right now, they're we're showing a ten second teaser of it, so uh, the reveal will happen on Sunday. But I'll give you the, I'll give you the short form of it. Uh, the uh, just imagine a, a stuffy ballroom. A bunch of really well-dressed NFL legends and current players, and then basically a football game breaks out in the middle of this stuffy banquet. Um, there, there are far too many like little bits of this thing uh, to, to to even talk about. I mean, this this thing, it's going to be ninety seconds, and. I, you know, I haven't seen the rough cut yet. I haven't. I, all I've really seen is the teaser. But being on site there, I can tell that this is going to be a very, very, very good and very funny ad. Um, it, I, I mean, it goes. It runs the gamut of players from from legends like Jim Brown all the way down to uh, you know Juju Smith Schuster, who's uh, who's a big star with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, you know, there 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 were so many. There were so many players, and from every era, 
And just being there over the three days, it, it, it was hard to get my head wrapped around just how big this thing. I mean, this is probably, not even probably, this is definitely the most ambitious ad that the NFL has ever done. And it's likely, and I would say with a strong amount of confidence, the most ambitious ad uh, in the Super Bowl this year. But I mean, it was just, just imagine the juxtaposition of stuffy ballroom and all of a sudden a football game breaks out. So what did you learn about the logistics of just getting all these people oh, on board and involved? And, and I mean, was it, was it easier than they expected or was it an absolute like, I mean, just, just aligning that many schedules had to be impossible. Yeah. So as I understand it and what I was told was that 72 and sunny ended up getting it was announced that they got the business on December 10th or December 5th rather and then all of a sudden on December 10th it was all right we're going to do this ad with over 50 NFL stars we're going to do this in Los Angeles over 3 days so we're just going to have to you know really you know get this we're going to have to figure out logistically how to do this and what uh you know what was interesting was um one of the executives from the NFL, uh, her name is Tracy Perlman. So she's been at the league for 26 years, and she's the NFL's SVP of football communications. And she said that her first call was to Michael Irvin and to Deion Sanders. And now they both work for the NFL Network. And and you know, as I understand it, and I can understand that why this is. Both Irvin and Sanders are, are sort of in that that middle, you know, that that age where they had incredibly successful careers, and they bridge they bridge the you know the history and and the history of the league, but they're also extraordinarily well respected by the younger guys. So the the first part of this was just was just getting the buy in. So Tracy called Michael Irvin and said, "Do you th- you know simply do you think we can pull this off?" And uh, Michael Irvin said, "Oh yeah, you know I'm in." So once she had that stamp of approval, she, her and her team were on the phones trying to coordinate. And my hand to God, I mean, over 50 people and within three days, sometimes scheduling people down to the minute. Um, you know, Michael Strahan had to go to the studio. So he had like 30 minutes to, to be there and they were just juggling this thing. And, and what's interesting about this, you would think with all of this chaos – that there would be an incredible amount of stress on the set. You would just think that this thing would be the most intense, intensive thing ever. And I got there and there there was tension, but it didn't feel completely, it didn't feel out of control at all. So Peter Berg was, is the director on it. And the way that he was running this thing and the way that 72 was running it, it just, it felt like this really well-oiled machine. And everybody had a really good time because David, you and I have been on sets before where it's just, everybody's just completely jammed up. There's so much tension. People are snapping at each other. There was absolutely none of that. I've never been on a set and especially one that's this complex and everybody was having a really good time. They had so much fun on this thing. And I think part of the reason of this too, is that 72 and Sunny came in with with a script, but they also looked at it as more of a platform and an idea as opposed to something you know rigid. There was a direction. They had ideas about where they wanted to go with things. And it's, uh, Glenn Cole, who is the creative chair and one of the co-founders of 72 and Sunny had mentioned that, you know, we just, we wanted these, we wanted these players to be themselves. 
and we didn't really want the football players to act. We just wanted them to be themselves. And what was also cool is, you know, these on the field, these are natural performers in the first place. And, and working with actors or working with uh, athletes can be challenging because act, acting is not necessarily their default. But the 50 plus that they chose all have these big personalities. They have these chops, uh, acting chops, and it, it was really well done. And I was just amazed at how quickly they would get, you know, they'd get the scene set up, they would, they would roll, and they would do multiple takes. And watching Peter Berg and, and, and the CMO, Tim Ellis, I mean, they've, they've worked together on, on ads in the past when Tim was, um, was CMO at Activision Blizzard. And just watching this, it was almost a symphony. It was just boom, 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 boom. There were, there were no big stops. There were no big you know, resets. Everything just went incredibly smoothly. I was shocked. I mean, I was just, I was shocked. I was, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going into, I'm going into a situation that's going to be incredibly tense. But it was the polar opposite. So let, let's talk some backstory here. The NFL obviously is having a moment of existential reflection. I hope, uh, you know, that culturally they certainly have been taking fire from a lot of different angles. Uh, you've got, you know, widespread injury and a greater understanding that it goes beyond, you know, just extreme uh, concussions that, uh, that you know, a vast majority of the players uh, coming through professional football are, are, you know, coming away from it with lifelong injuries. Um, and then, of course, you've got uh, Colin Kaepernick and the issues of kneeling during games and of expressing, uh, you know, protesting, players protesting, uh police injustice and uh you know there's so many issues that the nfl has been in the spotlight on and you know i'm gonna go out and let me guess that's why they're taking this kind of very funny lighthearted. doesn't everyone love these football heroes angle just like last year it was you know watching them dance to uh i've had the time of my life or whatever uh it was fun um, but it right. feels a bit like like they're they're kind of doing a look over there don't look over here uh dance I mean, I, I could see why that might be the case, but I think there's there's also a very natural, um, you know, there's a, there's a natural reason for them to take this route because this uh, this next season will be the the hundredth anniversary of the league, so they were looking at this as as being you know more about kicking off the centennial celebration, and uh, you know Tim Ellis you know said to me that it, it was important to be focusing back on on football. I, I don't think the league. It, clearly, the league isn't you know ignorant of the issues, and in fact, uh, when it came down to domestic violence, uh, you know they they helped with a couple of PSAs back in I think it was 2015 and 2016. Um, so they're you know they're clearly not blind to the issues, but I think in light of the fact that this was a hundred years, I think they looked at this as let let's really you know let's really focus in on this and and the history of the game. And, and really the fun of the game. And I think that that's something that Tim really wants to go back to. And, and again, you know, I, the, I, the league clearly understands, you know, understands its position, understands its responsibility. Um, but, you know, this, this didn't really seem like the right time to be addressing it in this ad. Diana, do you, do you think that NFL ads, I've always kind of, uh, although I enjoy a lot of their ads, uh, it just always feels a little funny to me that it's like during the Super Bowl that they're kind of advertising like, Hey man, football. That's great. Like you know what I mean? It's like a, it's a bit of preaching to the choir. What what do you feel there, you know, when you see ads like this, what do you feel is the intent and and does it really have any effect on you? Uh, I, I guess first off, I mean, are you a football fan? I am a football fan and oh, yeah. my my Peyton is in this ad, which I'm very thrilled about Peyton Manning. 
Um, it's funny. I really like the NFL ads because they. it seems like they kind of have to do it. And if they're going to do it, they're going to do it well. So that's something I really appreciate about the NFL ads because it's the Super Bowl. They can't give us, you know, an okay ad. I can't remember the last mediocre Super Bowl ad that the NFL had. Um, of course, the Super Bowl babies. Oh, my gosh. That was adorable. Um, and, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this one. Even the teaser was really well done. It made me laugh out loud. Just a 10-second teaser. So I think well, this is going to be really good. Funny funny story about Peyton Manning. So, oh, go uh, on. Tell me. How, well, how is well, my well, boy funny, doing? Fun, how is funny he? Ish. Did he seem well? Well, yeah, no, he's, he's, he was in, he was did in he, Did he form. mention me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did he mention the volunteers? Uh, he did, he did not. Uh, yeah. But what was interesting is that Tracy Perlman was saying in a pre, they were in a pre-production meeting and they were going through the list of, of people that they, you know, that they wanted in the ad. And she kept going back to, you know, we can't, we can't do this without Peyton, which makes sense because he's, he's, I would say, arguably the best NFL athlete who's ever been, you know, an endorser, uh, probably in the history of the league. I, I'm, I'm, tr- you know, I'm struggling to think of who else was better than Peyton, but he, he probably stands alone, but she kept going back to, he needs to be in this, in this uh, ad. So during the pre, during the pre-production meeting, uh, she was texting him and calling him. And apparently he was in the middle of, of another project and she, you know, kind of went back and forth with them a little bit. And he, he, you know, she said, you have to be in this. It just doesn't feel right. And sure enough, they, they got him to, to shuffle his schedule around. And, and again, just looking at the insane logistics of this thing, they managed to get him there for, a, you know, a couple hours on the first day. And, uh, yeah, you know, he, <laughs> he's a pro. He's a pro in every sense of the word. That's so incredible. I wish that all these guys went out and had a party after. What did they do? They're all together. It's so incredible. Well, that's what was really what was really cool about this. And you know, if you're a football fan, and, and I am, uh, it's it's really hard not to watch all of these players walk in and not become a kid again. You so must Larry- have been freaking out. I, I was. I mean, I was absolutely. I, I just. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was just, you know, in walks Franco Harris, who I sat down and chatted with for ten minutes. Found out that he went to high school in Southern New Jersey, where I went to high school, and our our two high schools used to, you know, run track against each other. And you start learning all these, you know, all these things about, uh, you know, about people. I got a chance to to spend time with Von Miller, who's my daughter's favorite player, and. And we had a you know really nice conversation. Um, you know, you just this list was just stunning. You know, you're standing in front of Joe Montana talking to him, and Terry Bradshaw, and and even the new players like Aaron Donald, and the you know just all of these amazing players today. Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, and and what was really telling was Larry Fitzgerald, who is an absolute legend in his own right. He said that he had a chance to sit down and, and talk to Jim Brown and um, he, he just became a kid again. And just to be able to be in that orbit of these legendary players, all of these really accomplished professionals who are stars in their own right, be, you know, they became kids again and it was really fun to watch. Wow. I'm sure it's going to show in the ad too. Yeah, definitely. Well, well, we are uh, running out of time, so I definitely encourage everybody to check out Doug's story about uh, the NFL spot and its 100th anniversary uh, coming up uh, on adweek.com. And, uh, and yeah, you, you had a few other articles, too. You asked uh, several uh, football stars about their, their favorite Super Bowl ads, right? 
Yeah, no, it, I, everybody that I was able to run into, I, I said, you know, asked them what their favorite, what their favorite ads were. And, and, uh, Budweiser seemed to be the king of ads. So that was, that was mentioned a number of times. And then I got a chance to talk to me and Joe Green about his, his Hey Kid ad, uh, which actually ran before the Super Bowl, but it, it got a second life, uh, running in the Super Bowl in, I want to say it was 1980 or 81, but we had a chance to sit down and chat with him a little bit. Um, and then did have a chance to sit down with the with Tim Ellis to talk about a really interesting program that they are developing where uh, where they'll be working with the NFL's players to help them become more sophisticated in the way that they that they market themselves. And I this and I think the key point of differentiation here is that there's media training and then there's training to really afford athletes an opportunity to thrive with their endorsements and and with you know be building their own personal brands. But it, it goes into a lot of deep theory and also practice. And I think that's a really, really smart way of approaching it. And, you know, sitting down with Tim Ellis was really fascinating because he has some very strong views about where the league has been. It was very heavy, you know, very, very heavy TV. Uh, but he has a very strong vision about really making this league more digitally focused. Uh, you know, we, uh, Ninja, who is the biggest Fortnite player in the world, has has a cameo on the spot. So you know, working with working with influencers to help get the league a little bit more youthful, um, you know, getting more, getting a little more gender balance in terms of fandom is is another big piece. Uh, but also diversity in general. That's something that that Tim is very focused on as well. And it, it really, if you think about it, it's really early days because uh, because Tim ended up getting this job in August. So you start in August, find a new agency, do a, do a Super Bowl ad and managing to get all of this stuff done in a very short window of time. I'm really excited to see where he goes with this. And what's interesting about uh, Tim as well is he's an ad guy. He started at Goodby. Uh, he, he started at Goodby Silverstein and Partners. And then he went over to Sweden uh, where he eventually became managing director of Forsman Bodenfors. And then he led Volvo Marketing in Sweden. And then he led VW Marketing in North America. And he was in that role at the time when the Force came out, that Deutsch ad. And going back to the, the story about why that ad was released before the Super Bowl, the brand only had a 30-second unit in the game. So here they have this really nice 60 second spot and Tim said, well, we've got this beautiful ad. Let's, you know, let's, let's put this thing online. So that's the main reason that the force was put on YouTube before the Super Bowl. So that's really the first major ad that was pre-released before the game, but it was really an interesting story. And he's a fascinating guy. And I, I think he's going to be really great for the league. Well, and I think you still see that logic, right? Like with uh, brands that if they are going to have, <laughs> let's say a 30, uh, but they've recorded a 90 second version. Uh, they're more, they're more uh, motivated to release early yeah. uh, than the ones who are, are going to buy the airspace to run their full ad uh, in advance or, or, you know, to, to run it on the night of. So uh, yeah, that's interesting. That's, uh, you know, makes, it makes total sense. Uh, but it's, it's interesting to hear that that was literally the thinking behind it. Uh, but yeah, no, well, congratulations on great coverage, uh, great issue this week uh, by Doug. So uh, definitely check that out. Pick up print edition if you got one uh, or check it all out on adweek.com. Diana, thank you so much. Diana McDougall, our director of for Adweek. Uh, it's great to have you back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Oh, we'll have you back in a year. Okay, great. <laughs> See you in a year. <laughs>
<laughs> maybe, maybe sooner than that. It's always a pleasure to have you on. All right. Uh, that's it for us this week. Definitely check out uh, adweek.com. Follow us on Twitter and everywhere else uh, for your Super Bowl night uh, commentary. Uh, we're going to be having a lot of fun with it, as always. It is a blast and just a lot to do. Our theme music is by Home. This episode was edited by Lane McGibney, produced by Anya Fernando, and uh, with audio production by Josh Rios. Uh, thank you to Lane, Anya, and Josh for all their work on the show. Please take a moment, if you haven't already, to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot to us personally, and they help new listeners discover the show. I'm David Griner with Adweek, and we will be back after the Super Bowl. We'll let you know how we feel about everything once it's actually up. We'll talk to you then. 